global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. We move into the final hour of trading on this Jobs Friday with stocks advancing. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, they're all gaining. Stocks are rebounding from the biggest sell-off yesterday since May. Treasuries fell after unexpectedly strong hiring data bolstered confidence in the U.S. economy, underscoring the Federal Reserve's case for raising interest rates. And with more on the jobs report, here's Bloomberg's Gina Smilek. So we saw a gain of 222,000 jobs in June, and that is a really solid print, much higher than what we've been seeing, and certainly higher than the survey estimate, which was for 178,000. We also saw a slight tick up in the unemployment rate, but that was kind of good news because it came as more people entered the labor market. We saw an increase in the participation rate. So the unemployment rate is now 4.4%, and participation is at 62.8. And we do have the S&P up 15 now to 24.24. That is a gain of six-tenths of 1%. Dow Industrials up 89 up four-tenths of 1%. NASDAQ up 65, higher by 1.1%. Gold down $14 the ounce to 1209, down 1.1%. Crude oil down 2.8% to $44.23 a barrel. Bill Gross, a fund manager at Janice Henderson, says the bond market is not in a route yet and to expect one more Fed rate increase this year, likely in December. The tenure down 7.30 seconds, the yield there 2.39%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. Wait a minute. Get the girls together. Thank you, Paul Brennan, our lovely producer. Maybe uh, not all single ladies, though. <laughs> I was going to say, Elena, something you want to tell us? You're not a single no. lady. No. <laughs> Elena Shalaitava is with us, our senior U.S. economist at Bloomberg Intelligence. Danny Berger? Attached. Uh, uh, no, I thought you were, oh, you're asking me if I'm a single lady? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would say I identify with Beyonce's song, Single Ladies Indeed. <laughs> Markets reporter Bloomberg News. Uh, I got nothing. In, in a, all, I can, all I can think of is Justin Timberlake doing the spoof on SNL whenever oh, I hear that. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That, that's so great. It's just classic. Um, both of them in our Bloomberg 11302. We want to talk about the jobs report uh, and the impact. But, Danny, um, I want to, well, actually, Let's talk jobs first, because that is one of our big stories. Then Danny's sure. got a great story that's among the most read on the Bloomberg, and I do want to make sure we get to that as well. Your analysis, though, we've been pretty much saying it was a, an upbeat report. It's a it's an upbeat report, and uh, we saw uh, an increase. Were you in running? Minimum. Were you running? Yes, yes I was running. Do you so, need but, a moment? Uh, no, no, that's okay. fine. Uh, so. Uh, the unemployment rate increased, but, uh, you know, it was a good increase because it was driven by increase in participation. And this is something that uh, Bloomberg Intelligence Economics was expecting in June because um, we think that uh, summer hiring uh, is a little bit stronger this year than it was in the previous several years. Yeah. And that what uh, probably partially at least drove the increase in payrolls. Interesting. So that's important. Um, and we do kind of see some enthusiasm, I feel like, or relief maybe in the financial markets today, Danny. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think people were pretty concerned that if we get uh, the Fed uh, hiking interest rates, that the economy wouldn't be prepared for it. 
Uh, and there had just been building pessimism, I think, in general. Everything was really stretched. Valuations were really high. So just a lot of nerves. And I think that this jobs report did a good job of calming nerves. Uh, but, you know, it is Friday after long vacation. Volumes are low. Uh, so perhaps we don't want to read too much into one day. But, you know, that rain earlier today probably did keep some people in the office uh, and uh, traders on the floor. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to take this as today as a good sign. I, I'm in the mood for some optimism today. Melissa Etheridge is next. Um, so, because uh, uh, you were singing it earlier today, when we I were have been singing stuff. Melissa Etheridge since July fourth. Since she's, the Boston pops, in. she's just incredible. Yelena, um, I keep asking people this question: How long are we going to tolerate this lack of um, uh, wage job? pressures? Wage pressures, and, and uh, when are we going re- to start to? Well, when are we going to start to think that maybe the model just uh, is broken? We have been talking about it for years. Well, look, we just have to be patient. Patience is key A virtue. Here. I know. So uh, I just want to uh, just highlight that uh, the uh, modest increase in average hourly earnings was likely partially, at least, due to an increase in the length of the work week. So average hourly earnings are calculated based on earnings divided by the time that people worked. And if uh, so, that's, that's not really second, an increase. Right. That's not really an increase, right? <clears throat> well, or you know, it? if you get an increase in hours worked, that would, uh, as according to the formula, uh, result in a, only a moderate in, increase in average hourly earnings. And uh, the increase in the work week is a positive thing because it's uh, very much correlated with uh, growth in the economy itself. So. The, the stronger the growth in hours work, the stronger the growth in uh, uh, GDP. So it's a positive thing indeed. So do you think it's from when – you want to put a prediction on when this finally uh, starts to erupt, this, this wage growth thing? I think it's a little bit of a chicken and egg uh, issue, uh, I would say. So if people see wage growth, they will stick their necks out and try to look for a job. And that in turn will put some pressure on – uh, employers to uh, start increasing wages. But, uh, you know, it just needs to start happening. And I think it will. And we just need to see probably a little bit further decline in the unemployment rate, even though it is already very low. I know. I know. It's, you would think at this point history would tell us economic studies would tell us that we should see wages going up at this point. Uh, Danny Berger. Come on in, because yes. you got a story that's on the Bloomberg, yes. among the most read, and you're taking a look uh, at quants and what they're, they've been up to. Yeah. Explain this story. All right. So if you look at what's happened in the market over the past week, the past two weeks, we've had stocks and bonds sell off at the same time. So this story sort of came from who's going to be the most hurt from this. And it's going to be investors who basically make their living in multiple asset classes. Uh, and people love to com- pick on systematic strategies, ones that are automated, use rules, use computers. So I did a bit of that myself, really picked on these strategies. So one, they're called CTAs. Uh, they invest in futures. Again, they use uh, signals uh, like momentum. So assets that are going up the most, they will buy. Uh, not a discretionary decision. It automatically does that. And what has been going up recently, uh, stocks and bonds, with the exception of the past couple of days. So when that happened, these funds fell 
5%, and that's their worst wow. since before the financial crisis. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you could look at what's happened over the past few weeks since Draghi gave a speech and said, oh, that's ugly, uh, but what does it matter? We tend to bounce back from these things quickly. Well, look, here's what it matters. This really popular strategy just really is going through a route right now because of that action we've seen. I love this part in your story where you say um, it's an environment where the potential for snowballing losses becomes greater as the overseers of such funds take steps to reduce risk. So many face losses at once that the theory goes that a chain reaction of selling ensues with the potential to whack markets further. It's something that we need to think about when we look at maybe what kind of trends we might see in the market going forward. Yeah, look, these things have a tendency to ripple out. So you get these ones selling because they're hurt. Uh, that eventually hits other investors who continue to sell. So the worry here is when you have these automated funds uh, selling off that, basically it's, it's uh, you know, like I put in the story, it's going to snowball. Uh, it's going to get worse. It's going to exacerbate sell-offs. Uh, some of that, yeah. it's highly debated, but it's certainly that viewpoint is out there. Yelena, come on in on 30 just, seconds. Just uh, real ahead. quick, I just want to add that employment to population ratio is a better predictor of wage growth. So look at the number of employed rather than the decline in the number of unemployed as your leading indicator for wage growth. So good to see the workforce grow. Exactly. And uh, that will give you a better sign. It's also how we get economic growth. Yes. And those indicators are telling us it's more moderate than uh, the decline in the unemployment rate. So a modest pickup in wage pressures. That's what we should be expecting. How's that snap from the single ladies and not so single ladies? <laughs> <laughs> Just Nobody asked me. <laughs> uh, guys, so glad to have you. Uh, Elena Shaleva from Bloomberg Intelligence, our Bloomberg Intelligence economist, and Danny Berger, market reporter, excellent, uh, with that great story. Appreciate that as well. You can listen to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. This is Bloomberg. All right, let's get a check on your latest world of national news headlines. Once again, over to Nathan Hager in the Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Not a single lady either. <laughs> No, indeed. <laughs> Thank you, Carol. You're welcome. Russian election interference. <laughs> okay. It was uh, topic A as President Trump met for uh, nearly two and a half hours today with Russian President Vladimir Putin on the sidelines of the G20 summit. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson says President Trump pressed his Russian counterpart repeatedly on the subject, but Putin denied any involvement and asked for proof. The president's rightly focused on how do we move forward from what may be simply an intractable disagreement at this point. Russian Foreign Secretary Sergei Lavrov says President Trump accepted Putin's assurances. Bloomberg National Security reporter Nick Wadham says that could mean one of two things. Everybody's trying to figure out which which side really happened. Did, does that acceptance as portrayed by the Russians mean that President Trump said, OK, I believe you that you didn't hack the election or does it only mean, OK, I accept this? Uh, what you're saying, let's now move on. Wadhams was with us earlier here on Bloomberg Markets. Tillerson also says Trump and Putin agreed to a ceasefire in southwest Syria. Says it's the first indication that uh, the U.S. and Russia can work together in resolving that long-running civil war. The Department of Veterans Affairs is now posting a weekly list of disciplinary actions against its employees. VA Secretary David Shulkin says the goal is to improve accountability after President Trump Signed a bill last month that makes it easier to fire, suspend, or demote people at the VA. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. This is Bloomberg.